What's up, baddies? And welcome to another episode of The Good Energy Show. It is already so fun just talking to you all and not really having the pressure or the obligation to be on video all the time. I hope that you're enjoying this forum. Today's conversation is going to be about reputation. And I just got out of a really, really healing and just reflective call with a spiritual coach. I don't even know that she calls herself a spiritual coach, but her name is P the Fury. You should look her up. She's amazing. Um, But it has me kind of just thinking and reflecting a lot on why I am the way I am. And obviously that's such a general thing, but I feel like I'm always thinking about that. And reputation is something that keeps coming up for me in a lot of my conversations and a lot of my reflections and chances are if you are an arab baddie or if you are the children of immigrants listening to this this will really resonate with you as well so why did reputation matter to me we have to literally date back to like even before i was born and you'll see that a lot of these themes are not just about me as an individual but about the community i belong to the family i belong to and so i was almost trained upon birth to care about my reputation even more than how i feel in a specific moment or what i want in a specific moment and so my family is pretty known in a lot of different environments my mom's father is a known politician in Lebanon and in the Middle East. And because I grew up in Dearborn, Michigan, which is the largest concentration of Arabs anywhere outside of the Middle East, and it's also like a large concentration of Lebanese people, a lot of people knew who my family was. So there was that side on my mom's side where we were kind of known for being attached to this public figure. And with that, there's always a lot of assumptions about our belief system or about our just opinions or even status all of those things right but then on my dad's side my dad was the principal of a few schools during his time working for Dearborn Public Schools Um, and then towards the end of his career he was the principal of the largest high school in Dearborn and not only was he the principal of the largest high school in Dearborn but he was the first Arab and or Muslim and or immigrant to ever be the principal of that school and this was during a time where there was just a lot of islamophobia like there's always a lot of islamophobia but during this time there was a lot of conversations around islamophobia and a lot of negative propaganda and attention being directed towards my dad specifically i won't get into all of that because it's just a lot and honestly This is the good energy show, and I just don't have the energy to talk about all that stuff. I'm sure it'll come up at some point because it's a huge part of why I'm the way I am. But for the purposes of this conversation, what you need to know is that my dad was my principal, dude, like middle school all the way to high school. So in middle school, it was kind of normal because he the Islamophobia stuff didn't really start to happen at a large scale until high school so in middle school there was still this element though of my reputation i needed to be good 
I needed to be a good student. I needed to be a good girl. I needed to be a good kid. Like there was all of these expectations of how Imad's daughter would behave given he's a well-respected professional and his daughter should reflect that. So I feel like I was just constantly being reflective of how I was behaving and also how I was being perceived by my peers and my teachers. Then go on to high school. I'm a freshman in high school, which comes with its own set of just fears and all of that stuff, right? And in Dearborn specifically, I don't know if other high schools are like this, but it's like six to seven different middle schools all feed into two to three high schools. So I have a lot of new classmates that I'm meeting for the first time. It's not like all of my classmates from middle school went to forts in high school. There were suddenly all of these people who I'd see online or like see at different sporting events coming to my high school. So there's just all of these infinite opportunities to be perceived But on top of that, I'm Mr. Fudlala's daughter. That was kind of like the identity that I felt like I had before I even walked into a room. So there was just, again, a lot of opportunity for me to be confronted with what is my reputation in this specific setting. Before I get to some of the Islamophobia stuff, though, I want to tell you about like one funny thing that I realized I picked up during this time as a way to break people's perception of like what my reputation was supposed to be so i still wanted to be perceived as a good kid as a good student as a good girl whatever all of those things even mean but i started cussing a lot and the reason that i started cussing is because it was kind of my way to make people not think i'm like a goody two-shoes i still wanted to be perceived as cool i still wanted to be perceived as down to earth and obviously i wasn't like strategizing all of this at 13 but subconsciously i felt like cussing was a safe but still kind of rebellious and edgy way to make people like me or to make people feel surprised by how my personality was and obviously in order to even get there there had to be this like reckoning with okay well this is who i think i am i think i'm cool but this is how i think people would see me because my dad's the principal and i could see that being perceived as something that's not cool so already there was this like need to control have some sense of control over my reputation in comes all of the political islamophobic really negative talk in the media about my dad And for any 14, 15-year-old, that's just going to be hard because I'm in a school of predominantly Arab kids. I'm not supposed to have to have this big realization of what country I'm living in until maybe like going to college, right? I was living in a pretty sheltered environment because Dearborn is predominantly Arabs and Muslims, at least where I grew up in Dearborn. But now I'm being forced to kind of face this conversation around my identity and almost defend my identity not just as you know a muslim or an arab but as imad's daughter so every interaction with a lot of teachers who were also islamophobic felt like i needed to represent my dad well i needed to make sure that i was being as good as i could possibly be because i don't want to add on to a lot of the really racist and negative things that were being said about my dad Literally, as I'm saying this, like, my voice feels heavy. And it's because reputation is such a heavy thing for me and I imagine for you too. Like, it feels so heavy and so exhausting and so tiring to just be trying to manage 
the one thing that you literally can't control. Like I can't control how people see me. But there I was at 16, just trying to control every single micro interaction to make sure that I'm not adding on to people already, people who are already committed to misrepresenting me and my people. And obviously, like all of this came with a lot of time and reflection. I did not know all of this at the time. But which brings us all the way back here to this conversation of um, just a reputation. And I want to tell you something really funny. Don't make fun of me. But I don't know if you were also obsessed with the movie The Lion King, but I was so obsessed with that movie to the point where I watched Lion King one and a half, Lion King two, over and over. Like I've watched these movies so many times. And when I was watching it again as an adult, I think I was probably like a freshman in college at this point, there was the part in Lion King two where Simba's daughter, Kiara, is literally singing a song about like, wanting to have her own identity and I swear to god like you might be thinking I'm like corny right now but go look up these lyrics bro it was literally the story of my life that I recorded myself watching the movie and sent it to my dad (laughs) because the song was literally like the lyrics are like if there's so much I must be can I still just be me the way I am and then at one other point she goes can I trust in my own heart Or am I just one part of some big plan? And I'm like, damn, Kiara, dang. Not this little lion cub singing bars. Like she was literally singing my life and my soul. And as funny as it is, I do think Arabs can be like obsessed with the movie The Lion King because all of that, like being part of this pack and being part of this pride and this community and having to really look at the circle of life and how your actions impact everything, not just like what happens in your life but what happened before and what happens after like dude that is a lot like that is a lot but it is it is how I feel and it is how I felt for the majority of my life one way there's so many ways actually that reputation has impacted the way that I chose to do life but I want to specifically zoom in right now on relationships When I was young, like even at the young age of 15 or 16, when I first started talking to my little high school sweetheart, I had this overwhelming pressure to not make the wrong move or not ruin my, quote unquote, ruin my reputation. And one line that I used to say a lot during this time, and even like in my 20s, I would say, I'm not making memories with someone else's husband. And what I meant by that is, kind of problematic as it is, is that the second I realize you're not my husband, I'm done talking to you. And while that could be great, because like who wants to waste their time, it came from a very fear-based, self-loathing, self-judgmental place of thinking that I would just destroy my self-worth and my self-respect and my reputation if I like was in a relationship with someone that I wasn't supposed to be with and at the end of the day like I didn't feel that way about the guy like I felt that way about myself as the woman I didn't feel like he would be damaged goods if he made memories with someone else's wife quote unquote and the way that I kept like imagine how much thought and strategy goes into that it's like oh my god how embarrassing like when he ends up with whoever was supposed to be his wife all along they're just gonna sit 
and make fun of how me and him used to be together or there's just like all of this fear of being a story in someone else's book and it comes from this again need to really control your reputation and your perception and so you know you might think after me saying that 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 just led me to not really talk to guys or that led me to stay to myself until i found someone that you know was going to end up being my person aka ahmed and that's not what i did like i still wanted to talk to guys i still wanted to have these experiences i still wanted to get my heart broken and learn like honestly i know that sounds crazy but i wanted to have all of those experiences because i felt like that was going to be a part of my life and so what i did was I literally talked to guys who I knew were not ever going to be for me. Like I would, and again, this was all subconscious baddies. Like I wasn't sitting there plotting stuff out in my room, you know, like a psychopath. But I would choose men who I knew I wasn't going to end up with. But I would also choose men who were outside of my culture or community or set of norms because I didn't feel, I felt like they would not judge me. And then I would also choose men, like after the first couple people that I talked to, I would make sure that these people didn't know each other. It was extremely important to me that not only did these people not know each other, but that they did not know people in my circle. And looking back on that, there's just no other reason why I was doing all of that unless it was for me to escape being perceived. Because if I meet somebody in my MBA program who's not even from Michigan, his our, our circles are not very like mingled, commingled, right? Like he's not going to know people in my life. And so when things inevitably don't work out, I can kind of wipe that clean from my reputation. Oh my God, this sounds so wild saying out loud. Like, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but it's so real. And I really, like, I just, I want to hug myself. I want to hug my past self and just be like, girl, calm down. <laughs> like, on one hand, I'm kind of grateful because it's like, yeah, things can get really messy, honestly, incestuous and messy within certain communities, especially one like Dearborn where everybody just knows everybody and all of that stuff. So... On one hand, I'm like, cool, good looking out. But on the other hand, it's like, wow, you were so terrified and still are so terrified of the way that you're perceived. You're so terrified of people having things to say about you. And that's probably holding you back so, so, so much. So I I always talk about social capital and as problematic as it is. I don't I don't agree that these things should be the case, by the way. There's a huge distinction. But I'm a very practical person and I'm also able to understand that even though it should not be the case that a woman's self-worth should be tied to who she does or doesn't talk to, like I know that that's not reality. I know that that shouldn't be reality. I also understand that a lot of the reality that I chose to operate in or the people that I chose to talk to or keep around me do see the world that way. And so if I want to have both, which is if I want to do my own thing and have my own experiences and not let people control me, but also continue to mingle in circles where people do see me that way and I do care about how they see me, I need to be strategic about keeping my social capital and the way that I felt like I could be strategic about that is by 
being kind of strategic with my reputation. I hope that that makes sense. It totally makes sense in my head, but I really hope that that resonates with you or makes sense to you. Right now, I feel like my fear of my reputation not being a good one or whatever is not helping me at all. Like, I'm ready to just let that go. In the past, even though I think it was a lot of fear-based thinking, I can see how it kind of helped me navigate my life, right? Especially when my dad was still alive. Like, it was very important to me to feel like I wasn't giving people things to say, right? People will always have things to say, but I don't know that I would have been able to handle it again. Should that be the case? No, but it is the case, and I don't think I would have been able to handle it. But when we fast forward, like today, I'm 30 years old. I am married. I am living in a different city, literally a huge city where nobody knows me. No one could care less about what I do or don't do. It's like this reputation thing is still hanging over my head. And I'm trying to work through it because I'm able to now see the ways that it's literally holding me back. It's making me play small. It's making me just not be the person that I'm ready to be. Um, And it's like when you really think about it, why would we put so much value on something that is literally for everyone else to decide? When we think about reputation, you literally have no part in that. I can see how our culture or our community or our families have led us to believe, no, you do something and people see you a certain way. Like you have all the control in that. No, people see things in the way that they want to see them. There's a reason that I don't have the same reputation as people who are doing the same exact things, just more in a public eye than I was doing them. It's because perception is not reality. There's a reason that when, you know, people's sons do something, a lot of people see it differently than when their daughters do something. So it's literally people's choice to see you the way that they want to see you. So when you really, really, really peel it back, at least for me, I wasn't afraid of how people saw me. I was afraid that the way people saw me was the way I saw myself. And I'm going to just let that sit for a little bit, okay? Because if you truly knew something to be true about yourself, good or bad, it really wouldn't matter to you as much how people saw you. It might matter to you a little bit because there's a disconnect. Like, no, I know I'm this, but you think I'm that. Okay, but that seems a lot more manageable and so much less heavy than what they say about me. That's true. And... I feel like, at least in my experience with my community and culture, there's often no disconnect. Like, there's often no distinction between what people say you are and what you are. Like, a lot of us grow up unable to distinguish between those two things because, again, reputation is law. So if they are saying I'm this, then that must be who I am. When in reality... I'm now moving to a place where it's like, no, 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 no. I'm telling you that I'm this. Get with it or get lost. Like, if you want to see me that way, great. 
if you want to be committed to seeing me the, through your own lens, that's cool too. We're just probably not really going to interact much because there's constantly going to be a disconnect. But it's I'm at a place now where I'm just ready to take more ownership over how I see myself. And instead of focusing my attention on the infinite amount of people and perceptions to be had every day, I would rather just zero in on the way I see myself and make sure that I'm good with that. Because if I'm not good with that, then we can move, we can do something about that. There's, there's, that's in my control. I can do something about the parts of me that I don't like or that I think need improvement or that I think are not what I'm supposed to be or the reality of who I want to be. But imagine trying to spend all of your energy convincing people about something about yourself that you're not even convinced about. Like, imagine that. So before we call this a day, I want to tell you something that I'm now thinking about. And this is what happened when I was in high school. It's around reputation. And when I was in high school, I had my first kiss. That was when I first kissed somebody. And obviously that's like the worst thing that I could have possibly done growing up in Dearborn and growing up, you know, in my community. Um, And I'm not saying that in like a sarcastic way. Like if you're listening to this and that's how you feel, then understand that that's what my reality was at the time. That's how I felt. I don't feel that way anymore. But at the time, it was like this huge, huge, huge deal that I had kissed a boy. And I remember literally telling my best friend at the time that I feel like I'm a whore. And I feel like not only am I a whore, but I feel like everybody knows that I'm a whore now. So it was this like, and honestly, like, I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. That's literally how I felt. I felt like from the day before to the next day, like the day I decided to kiss someone, the next day I came to school and something about my body language or something about my energy or something about just me, my aura, let everybody know that I had done something shameful and that I was this whore walking around and it was just this awkward thing of like, oh my God, everybody sees me. And honestly, that's crazy. That's crazy that I felt so ashamed of myself, so much so that I thought it was just oozing and emanating out of my body to the point where every single person just knew this. Like, first of all, why was I giving people so much credit? Like, for them to, first of all, even be paying that much attention to me. And second of all, to be that perceptive that something had switched up in my body language and they would just know that I did something I wasn't supposed to do. Like, come on, dude. Like, but that's what shame does. That's what shame does. Like, it's very illogical. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to make any sense when you say it out loud, but it's really how I felt. And I think back on that pretty often because it's so far from how I feel about myself right now, but it doesn't matter because that's how I felt about myself at the time. And so I started projecting my feelings about myself to the people I was around and how I thought that my reputation was being perceived. Now, it's like, I don't feel that way at all about myself. I don't feel that way at all about myself, but it's not because people's perceptions of me changed. I don't even know how people perceive me. It's because of the way that I feel about myself. That has changed drastically, and it's kind of allowed me to disconnect a lot more from how people do or do not see me. (sighs) 
sighs of relief. If you are someone who feels the weight of your reputation for whatever reason, not even just about relationships, this is so far beyond just relationships or friendships or gossip. It's so much deeper. It's just your self-identity. It's the way that you see yourself. If you're someone who feels like your reputation is something that is stressing you out, I just want to extend so much love and so much compassion and all of that good stuff to you because I feel like the sooner you realize that being stressed about your reputation just means you're not good with you, the easier it will be to find that peace that you're looking for. The easier it will be to silence that anxiety and that nervousness. Tune out and unsubscribe from all of the people you feel are perceiving you and just resubscribe into yourself. How do you feel about you? Are you good with you? Because nothing good comes out of not being good with you. I love you so, so, so much, Batty. I hope you liked this episode. 